The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Because I had been in such a dark place, I think I was so, so motivated and determined not to reach that place again that my goals changed. For the first time, I had a kind of vision of what I wanted from my life. And I had a purpose, a reason to wake up in the morning, a reason to feel good. And I had a a, a beautiful baby to look after. And so I think that that became my obsession, this being the best version of myself, building a life, making sure that I could support my family and my son took over and then it became totally effortless. Hi, everybody. It's Kat Sadler, and this is It Sure Is a Beautiful Day. I've spent decades in TV broadcasting and conducted hundreds, if not thousands, of interviews in the span of my career. And on this show, the conversations continue. My goal is that every episode feels entirely brand new, but also like coming home. Let's get into it. Welcome to It Sure Is A Beautiful Day. It's March. How did it become March, you guys? This year is flying by. It's flying by already. I'm glad you're here. We are getting into it today. We are going to continue to explore ways that you can live your best life ever. So I'm happy you're here. You may remember at the beginning of the year, I kind of started off 2023 really trying to hype you guys up, helping you level up, helping you live a certain kind of way to really, you know, let you flow and move through life at your best. Well, my guest today is that like times a thousand. You've heard certainly of her best-selling book, Manifest, the follow-up book, Dive Deeper. Roxy Nafusi is on the show today and her story is insane. It's like, wow. Like talk about somebody who was in the trenches, completely struggling, battling addiction, had no career focus, really was down on herself, low self-esteem, low self-worth and stuck. I mean, maybe you can relate. Hopefully you can't, but If you've ever been at your rock bottom, that is precisely where Roxy was only five years ago. She got turned on to the idea of manifesting and out of that completely transformed her life so much so that she has been called to share her methods with all of us. And again, man, it's resonating with people. If you have a hesitation or trepidation about it manifest. What does that even mean? Is that even possible? That sounds super woo-woo. I invite you to listen to this episode for Roxy and the way she will describe it for you. Manifesting is personal development. And the key to manifesting 
is starting with yourself and starting to build self-love and starting to understand what you deserve and how you get there. And then as a result, we're summoning in all of this goodness. So I love everything that she stands for. I love this conversation. I think you guys are going to dig it. Get out a pen and paper, write it down, start the practices with me. I'm doing it. I'm doing the thing. Roxy, thank you so much for teaching us and guiding us. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff in this conversation. Before we get into the interview, I want to remind you guys to go to Apple Podcasts, leave a review of the show. I get so many DMs and so many wonderful, nice compliments and shares about these episodes. Go to Apple Podcasts. Do me that favor. This show is free to you. The content is free. The education is free. So you do me such a service when you go and just leave those reviews and share the show, of course. That really, really goes a long way. Come on back next week, too, because you guys are so awesome. I've been getting really, really nice messages from many of you about my heartbreaking dog situation. So I can't even really get into that now. It's going to take like a whole episode, y'all, because I'll start crying if I start talking about it right now. So a lot's been going on in the personal world and I'm going to really, um, I'm going to kind of dissect it all and share it all with you bit by bit on next week's episode for a cat solo episode. So make sure to come on back for that and go catch up on any old episodes. You know, a lot of you have been also been saying, I'm behind on the show. Well, go catch up because I'm so proud of the conversations we've been having. Okay, without further ado, here she is, my girl, Roxy. That's an awesome place to start is just, you know, I like to just say, how are you? How are you doing in this moment? How are you feeling? I know you're in the UK, so it's a lot later in the day for you. You just got a fringe, but like, how are you (laughs) really doing? Oh, good question. I like that. I'm good. You know, I am. I don't know about you, but February has just been wild. I feel like everybody just went into 2023 with so much energy and I'm ready for a holiday. (laughs) There's a lot on, but I think everybody is, you know, I think, oh my gosh, it works so intense at the moment, but I love what I do. And so I'm mixing kind of being overwhelmed with also being so excited and full of gratitude and trying to find those moments of being with my son in between work. And, you know, I was just, just literally just put him to bed now and just having that little half an hour, you know, just like complete presence and play. Mm, Wow. How old is Wolf now? He's three and a half. Oh my God. It's just so cute. But they just suddenly go from like babies to little boys. Yes. (laughs) Yes. No, I do know my, my, I'm a, I'm a boy mom also. My boys are old as am I, but I remember so fondly those days. They're just so precious, but I also know and understand and relate to that, that kind of freneticness of 
taking care of yourself, also having all having manifested everything you've ever wanted. But then what comes along with that is, you know, how do you not feel overwhelmed and then still try to be a good mom and then still try to be present and jump over to a podcast. So I fully appreciate you doing this. And I certainly can sympathize with all of that. What prompted the fringe? Because sometimes that's a thing, right? For us females, like when we cut our hair, like what, what made you want to do that? Do you know, I, I really feel like a new hairstyle is like an opportunity for, to step into a new character of yourself. So just before Manifest, the first book came out in the UK, I actually cut my hair into a really short bob, like really short. And it was, for me, I think a representative of this like new me, this new beginning. And I had always had such, such long hair. And I think, you know, because in my kind of industry in self-development, you know, being a speaker, I'm relatively young. And I think that a part of me wanted to show up in a different way. And I felt that having shorter hair, I, I guess, would kind of help me to do that. And then I went back long again. And then recently, I don't know if this is, you know, TMI, but I've been having some hair loss and mm. I was feeling really self-conscious about it and I could see it was kind of affecting me. And I think actually female hair loss is definitely way more common than I than I realized. I put it on Instagram and I had so many women being like, oh my gosh, the same thing's happening to me. I'm seeing a trichologist just to get that regrowth back. But in the meantime, I was like, I'm going to get a fringe and hide any, and it worked. And I feel fucking great. <laughs> No such thing as TMI on this show. And thank you for sharing that. And honestly, that's something we do talk a lot about on this show because, you know, a lot of my audience is a a little bit older even. And at midlife, like for sure, we're facing like thinning hair and hair loss. But yes, I too, I have picked up on that, that it, it seems that more and more females are kind of struggling with that. And luckily there's a a lot out there to help us with that. But no, I'm glad you shared because that's very, very relatable. Very relatable. I'm so happy to speak with you. I have to tell you, I don't even know if you know, but we have a mutual friend in Jenna Nicole, the makeup artist. Oh my gosh. Did you know that? Do you know, you've just reminded me, I think I saw her and I think maybe you saw her that day. All very like close together after I was just at Jay's podcast. Oh, well, was this maybe a couple months ago? Yeah, she did my makeup for that. Yes. Yes. Exactly. She had seen you. Then she was here at my house and I, and she just was going on and on about you and your book and your light and your message and your purpose and your energy. But she immediately said that we needed to connect. And I don't know, I guess I was living under a rock because at the time I wasn't aware of Manifest, but of course I did the deep dive like so many people. And so I've been watching you from afar since then. And wow, I mean, congratulations because to now know your story, which we are going to share with everyone here in a moment, and to see the journey, not only what you have manifested yourself personally, but the way you are inspiring others and and teaching others. And, and it's just, it's so, so beautiful. So for everybody listening, you are in for a treat today because this, this whole mission of yours, I know, is about helping people live with more ease and have more strength and be more resilient, but essentially live their very best lives. But you didn't, you didn't just come out that way. You really went through it. I mean, it was only what, like five, 
plus years ago when you were in a completely different part of your life. You were struggling with addiction. You had self-loathing through the roof. You know, your self-worth was on the floor. You didn't have a career path. I mean, the list goes on. So before we celebrate and you kind of teach us some of these these tips and tools to manifest all that we desire. Take us back to that time. What was your world like then when you were somewhat lost? Yeah. Well, firstly, thank you so much for your kind words. It's, it really, really means so, so much. Yeah. So it was back in May 2018. So just, oh my gosh, we are coming up to five years ago. When you said five years, I was like, I don't think it's that long. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it really is. Yeah. So we were, it was five years ago when I first discovered manifesting. And at that point, I had reached one of many rock bottoms that I'd had over the years, but I'd reached this one after I had gone to Thailand. So I'd went to Thailand to do a yoga teacher training course because for the kind of 10 years prior, I had been in a kind of battle of addiction to cocaine, alcohol. I was smoking one to two packs a day. I had no kind of career path at all. I was extremely lost. Like you said, the the self-love. I mean, I truly don't think I've ever had any experience in my life up until in the last few years where I liked who I was. You know, the self-loathing started from a very, very, very young age. And there was never, there wasn't, there was never an extended period of time in my childhood where I felt happy or I felt like comfortable in myself. So I really learned that self-loathing from such a young age. And that really carried me through my life, which is why, you know, I then chose to escape in certain ways, but I'd always enjoy yoga. So yoga was my kind of one safe space throughout that time. When you're obviously trying to overcome an addiction, you have many moments where you think this is it. This is going to be the time where I give up and I'm going to change. And this was one of those times when I had decided to go and do a yoga teacher training course. And I thought I'll go and I'll be away in Thailand for 200 hours, doing 200 hours of yoga, meditating, no access to drugs, cigarettes. And this is going to be the turning point. And so I went with all this hope and, you know, real belief that this would be it. And when I got back home within 48 hours, within 24 hours, I was back taking drugs and went on essentially a 48 hour bender and woke up from that thinking, there's no hope for me. This is my life forever. And at that moment, my friend said to me, oh, you should listen to this podcast on manifesting. So I was like, okay, I'll like, fuck it. I'll try anything. (laughs) So I thought manifesting was this very like woo practice. I didn't really know anything about it or what what it was about because my friend is quite woo. She's quite like, she's quite like that out there. And so I thought this is just going to be whatever. But when I listened to this podcast, it, what I understood was that manifesting was all about your self-worth and I had none. So I was like, ah, okay, maybe I am manifesting, but in the wrong direction. Mm. So I went away and kind of researched everything I could on this practice. And two weeks later, Wade messaged me on a dating app on the 7th of June. And on the 7th of June, 2019, our baby boy was born exactly a year to the day. You know, it wasn't an overnight, oh my gosh, everything is incredible. Life is great. I actually fell pregnant three months later and had the most 
traumatic pregnancy. I suffered really, really severe prenatal depression. It was like, I could only describe it was like hell on earth for me. Mm. I was like in a mental prison because I suddenly had to give up all my addictions overnight. So I was left very raw with all that pain. Um, But I kept visualizing myself at the other side of it. And it was Mm. this that kept me going. And and I kept researching and like, honestly, brainwashing myself with self-development. I was reading everything I could. And that was kind of keeping me through. And I would say to myself, when I have this baby, I'm going to turn my life around. I'm going to be the best version of myself that exists. And the Mm. day Wolfie was born, I feel like I made that decision. So when my career started, I suppose the day I became a mother, so that was three and a half years ago. So the, the journey since then has been so rapid. Wow. Something's going on in the world of alcohol, y'all. I don't know if you've felt the shift, but I certainly have a lot of people taking inventory of their alcohol consumption. So if you are like me and you are drinking less and less alcohol because you don't want those ill effects the next day, you don't want to have that foggy brain, you want to be clear, you want to feel good in your body, then join me in drinking Monday. Monday's non-alcoholic craft spirits, they include mezcal, gin, and whiskey. They provide the look and feel, and most importantly, the taste of all your favorite beverages so you can imbibe in your favorite flavors without the fear of all those ill effects like I mentioned. Listen, we're all busy. We're hustling. we got a lot on our plate. And who doesn't want to, at the end of a long day, come home and pop something open? I encourage you to try this. Again, it's luxurious. It feels very chic. The bottle aesthetic is super art deco and beautiful. So you have the kind of ritual of enjoying your favorite cocktail, but again, with zero alcohol. You guys got to try Monday. Go to drinkmonday.co slash cat. You'll get 15% off your order. Drinkmonday.co slash cat for 15% off your order. Make sure to let me know just how much you love it. I know that you were doing the work after the podcast, after kind of this learning, the process began for you. And and I know, as you just said, during your pregnancy, that was a very dark time for you and you were depressed and struggling with so much of the unknown. So it's quite beautiful that out of that, you decided, listen, I'm going to make a commitment when the day he's born to be the best version of myself. I'm curious if on that day, I mean, because motherhood and giving birth is something already, but then it's like go time for you. You know, you made this commitment to yourself and now it's like, will you walk the walk? Was there any question once he was born or did it just, did something just switch for you? So what had happened was that basically during the pregnancy, I had gained 30 kilos, which was like five stone because I was comfort eating so much. And part of the kind of getting back to myself was basically it kind of exchanged drugs for food. So it wasn't in a, like, there's nothing wrong with gaining weight. We all gain weight during pregnancy, but it, this was like over the norm, much mm. over the norm. And it was coming from a very dark place of, you know, self-punishment. Mm. And so for me, the first thing, you know, when I look at self-development and healing, it's not just about the way we're talking to ourselves and things we're doing. It's also the way we're fueling our bodies 
and the way that we're moving it. Everything comes under this kind of manifesting umbrella. And so my first step was to get home and there was no chocolate and sweets and crap. It was actually just getting myself back to be mm. physically energized enough because when you're consuming food in that way, what's, what's brought with that is a lot of lethargy, okay? And obviously so much of our serotonin is produced in our gut. So it absolutely was. The day I got home from hospital, I was on a mission. And that started with just the way that I was fueling my body changed instantly. But I didn't start working on my career for like three months, but it was all part of the process. But it really was that day. Wow. There's the the mental commitment of and physical, as you just mentioned, the serotonin and the gut, and it's all very, very connected. As far as the drug addiction, did that almost remedy itself because you had somewhat of a replacement addiction? Or, or I'm curious if that was still a struggle for you as well. In my head when I was pregnant, I think a part of me considered, okay, once I've had Wolf, will I go back to it? And it definitely felt like that it could go that way. You know, I thought, well, I didn't, I didn't think I would go back to being as bad as I was, but honestly, like once you just start doing it casually, you know, it could so quickly spiral that way. But I think in my head, I still thought, oh, like I'll still have some nights out, you know, I'm not going to say never again. So I think, yeah, I wasn't over it during the pregnancy. I still thought it could happen. But because I had been in such a dark place, I think I was so, I was so, so motivated and determined not to reach that place again, that my goals changed. For the first time, I had a kind of vision of what I wanted from my life. And I had a purpose, a reason to wake up in the morning, a reason to feel good. And I had a, a, a beautiful baby to look after. And so I think that that became my obsession, this being the best version of myself, building a life, making sure that I could support my family and my son took over. And then it became totally effortless. I never, I just didn't think about taking drugs or drinking. And now I can have one or two drinks. And for me, that's just great because it's balanced but people say to me oh how do you only have one drink and I'm like I couldn't think of anything worse than being drunk <laughs> it was like my idea of hell but I'm so happy that I've reached a place that I can have one and for me that that's okay and so you had made this shift and and you had been introduced to manifesting and then like the real real work begun it's still so wild to me to think that that's only three three-ish some years ago because I mean to to look at you today you're on like on the Today Show and, and on, you know, you're on every platform. I know you just shot with British Vogue. I mean, all of these phenomenal, like life dreams for any person, mm. you are living, you are in that today in a massive way. So for mm. everyone listening who has not had the pleasure of reading your book, your definition and the way that you see manifesting is what? So manifesting is using the power of your mind to change and create the reality you experience. But for me, manifesting is a self-development practice. So it's a way of living. And I think that there are so many misconceptions around manifesting. I think that because it's become 
you know, so much of a trend, it's become, you know, a TikTok hashtag, it can become so devalued. And so the practice really loses its essence and it becomes something that people almost kind of cringe at or ridicule. So I know, for example, if I meet someone that, you know, that I don't know or has no idea who I am and I say, they say, what do you do? And I say, I'm an author, I write books. And they say, on what? And I go, manifesting. I almost get embarrassed saying it because I know that there are so many preconceived ideas about it. And so I sometimes say I feel like I'm doing like the PR for manifesting and just like going around <laughs> doing damage control because manifesting isn't just about visualization. It's not magic. It's not, you know, woo. It's, it's really just a practice that anybody can follow and practice to make lasting and transformative change in their life. And at the core of it is self-belief. Yes. You know, and that is self-belief and self-worth and how all of that relates to, I mean, I get the whole woo-woo bit and people have this preconceived notion and they think, you know, oh, manifestation, this is just visualization and this is just a vision board or this is just close your eyes and see what it is you want and Mm -hmm. suddenly it's going to appear. Clearly that is not it. I love how you frame manifesting with the science part of it too. I mean, quantum Mm -hmm. physics are involved. Our brains, the subconscious, the the conscious, neuroplasty and all of this. What then happens to the brain? Like why is all of this intertwined? Well, I think that the way that we view the world is so determined by the way we feel about ourselves. So if you imagine that we all have a lens and our lenses are currently all murky, they're all clouded. They're clouded with insecurity, with past trauma, with pain, with our current state, with our moods. And then what happens is when we view life through the, through that lens, we're interpreting everything differently. So let's say we have an interaction with a friend. If we have so much, if we have, let's say a belief that we are not lovable or that people will abandon us, then someone might say something to us and we will interpret it in a completely different way based on that belief. And we might then self-sabotage and create that experience. Whereas if we are coming from a place that I love, I love who I am, I'm a great person to be around. Our interactions are so different because the perceptions we have and the meaning we attach to the, to whatever we experience are so different because the lens we're viewing it through is different. And so your life becomes completely different because your behavior will be different based on those perceptions. And so, I mean, if you think about anything it is that you want in your life, anything that you desire, anything that you dream about, we know really, and I think everybody knows deep down that the only thing standing in the way of having them is us. Like we are constantly standing in our own way because we allow our fears, our doubts, you know, which are our insecurities and our limiting beliefs to stop us from ever going for them. And to give like a really easy example of this, or let's say I ask people to do a vision board, okay? Because vision boarding is a part of which is step one is be clear in your vision. It's only the first step of my seven-step manifesting process. But let's say I ask people to write, to make a vision board of everything that they wanted in the next year. If I ask them then to tell me if that was honestly the biggest they could have gone with their dreams, pretty much all of them would admit that it wasn't. Because even at this stage, this first stage of just imagining what you want, you stop yourself by being realistic. 
Now, realistic is just an expression of your fears and doubts. It's saying, Mm. I don't really think it's possible for me. So we don't even allow ourselves to dream about or use our imagination to, to, to visualize what we want. That's how powerful it is. And so really, if we can't see what we want because we're being blocked, then how will we ever start to make those steps towards attracting it into our lives? God, I think that is so common. Like I even personally, you know, I, I think it's so interesting. I, I've watched so many of your your talks and of course read your book and the mind obviously being a, a, the biggest piece of this, right? And it's interesting because I've done a million interviews myself on, you know, my career or any amount of success I've had. And I have been this eternally optimistic person. Maybe mm. not for all the right reasons. I think I grew up in a household where that became my job, you know. I it was I was the sunshine. I was supposed right. to be the the kind of hero child. I needed mm-hmm. to do well. So I got very much into this role of always seeing the bright side. However, it it did work for me in the sense that I am incapable of often seeing the negative, right? I always see the glass half half full and I'm an eternal optimist. And I've always said like so much of, of what I have summoned into my life is because that's how I choose to see life. I I choose Mm -hmm. to see the beauty. I choose to see even in suffering, you know, the lessons and all of this, Mm -hmm. but in a weird way, like I think I've shorted myself because I haven't done so much of what you were describing. I I feel like I almost limited myself with the possibilities because I've had a nice life. I've had a charmed life. I've had, you know, a beautiful existence. But there is still a part of me, if I'm being honest, that still plays it safe. You know, I've been told that by some spiritual gurus or even therapists. And they're like, you're still cutting yourself short, even though, you know, I have lived a life and and experienced things that I've always wanted. And even just being in Los Angeles and having a broadcasting career, all of that, that was, you know, seemingly so far away when I was young. But I think a lot of us feel almost a guilt for thinking that big or, you know, you even say in your book, you know, you can have everything. And I'm like, everything, everything? Like, are you, am I really supposed to ask for that? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, interesting. I mean, this is just an observation and it may not be it at all, but I I wonder if the playing it safe is for you, because you said at the beginning that for your family, like you, there was such an expectation to be the hero and to be the optimistic on the fear of failure must subconsciously really play into it because if you need to succeed then you don't want to take risks where you might fail yeah so I wonder if that is part of that block or that that reason for really like wanting to play it safe possibly absolutely yeah coming right back to fear which is exactly what you just said some of this is basically the mask is it's just fear right underneath isn't it it's always it always is and I think for so many people yes there is you know, we get told, I think, growing up that you can't have it all, like over and over again. It's like, you can't have everything, you know, focus on the things that you can have. Don't want too much. Don't be greedy. You know, we're told this is just being kind of fed into our subconscious constantly. Mm-hmm. But also, I think for me, more than that is that people are so scared of failing. 
So the fear is so paramount that if I was to put down these things on my vision board, oh my God, if they don't happen, then I have failed. And therefore it's just easier for me not to try. There's this line I say in the first book, which is your fear and doubt act like your friends trying to protect you from the inevitable disappointment, when in fact they are holding you back from the abundance of the universe. Mm. And I think it is so true. And we have to really be able to look at look at our fears and doubts and, and understand that they are not protecting us. They are blocking us. Mm. Mm. So true. So true. And this development journey, the self-development journey that you are steering people, people towards and, and guiding them on, it really is a way of life. I think that's what differentiates your teachings to, you know, this other just word out there, manifest, you know, vision board. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is a daily practice. Can you talk about that a little bit? How this, this way of life of manifesting is really the way to go to, to, to bring us closer to our dreams? So the seven steps, I, I think that I laid out really, when you, when you kind of look at them in a whole, it makes so much sense that if you follow these seven steps, your life will change. But all these seven steps are things that you can apply every day. So the first is being clear in your vision, which is essentially just that we should always have a goal. As humans, we need something to be working towards. It keeps us motivated. But having these goals, having these visions, allowing ourselves the freedom to dream, you know, is is integral. And we do that. We can have those goals constantly. The second is removing fear and doubt that is really requiring you to do the healing journey. And that is ongoing. We do that all the time. And I think that I definitely, and I'm sure some other people will be the same. When I first started, you know, discovering self-development, I thought it was this like quick fix, you know, that I would go do some healing, figure out a bit about myself, and then I would be cured. And absolutely, I remember, you know, three, six months after I started thinking, oh my God, I'm good now. Like I am healed, like nothing left to do here. And then realize that like, that was simply not the case. And what I really encourage people to do is to constantly be working on understanding themselves better, to retraining their subconscious thought patterns and beliefs, to be masters of their thoughts, understanding and how to overpower their inner critic, understanding their traumas and their triggers. You know, in the second book that I've written, it's all about, you know, healing the wounds that we have, not the symptoms. And so there's kind of, that, that's a constant journey. And, you, and, and every day we should have awareness about ourselves, our way of thinking, our way of doing things. I'm constantly recognizing patterns. I'm constantly going, oh my gosh, I'm doing, I'm reacting to this person because I am so afraid of being vulnerable. Where's that coming from? How can I heal that? So I'm constantly figuring things out about myself still. That never ends. Step three is aligning your behavior. And that is about showing up as your best self. It's about stepping outside your comfort zone. It's about taking action. It's about doing the actual work you have to do to get to where you want to go. And every day we're doing that. We're working towards something or we're working towards showing up in the character of our future selves as our best, most empowered and confident selves. Step four is overcome tests from the universe, which is my personal favorite. I say that manifesting is self-development practice that we should live by every day. And that means that we have to account for the stresses, challenges, rejection, and you know hardships 
that life will bring us because there are things that we can control, but there's also plenty that we can't. And this step is really about how to show up in the face of challenges. Okay. Do we allow them to deter us? Do we allow them to derail us? Or are we able to find the meaning in it, take lessons from it and know that there is reward on the other side? Me pre-manifesting. Okay. I felt constant sense of hopelessness, a sense that there was nothing was ever going to get better, that the best days I'd already had the best days, even though I hadn't had many of them and that there were no better ones coming. Since I've discovered manifesting, I've never felt that way. I have constant optimism for the future and constant hope. And that is because even when things are really hard, I'm able to truly believe that there is something to be taken from it and that on the other side, I will be rewarded tenfold. And so this is such a powerful step. You know, in January just gone, I mean, Honestly, I had the worst month. It was it was not good. I was having panic attacks. I was having an extremely hard time. I had so many personal issues come up all at once. But I never lost hope and I never and I knew this would pass. And so it, it's such a powerful step that will really help people day to day. The next step is embrace gratitude without caveats. And I think that for me, I call it the manifesting sweet spot, which is knowing what you want whilst being entirely grateful for all that you already have. And I give people lots of tips on how to practice gratitude daily. But honestly, if people did nothing else but incorporated a gratitude practice into their lives, they would change it. They would change the way they see the world. Then it's turn envy into inspiration. I think every day we are faced with things that have the opportunity to make us feel envious, which has a very, for me, is very low vibrational, comes from this place of fear. And we can actually turn that and transform it into inspiration. And we can seek to be inspired by others. We can celebrate other people. We can, you know, change our whole mindset around the success of others rather than being afraid of it or threatened by it. We can actually see it as a sign of what's possible. And then the seventh step is trust in the universe. And that is about this unwavering faith that you don't need to know exactly how, but you just trust that it will all work out the way it's supposed to. And when you do look at those steps, they are not things that you do for a week. You just incorporate them into your life and then it just becomes effortlessly this way of living. Mm. Mm. I love them all. I love them all. I want to go back to step four, which is what you said is your personal favorite. And it's so interesting to hear you say, oh, January was shit. You know, you start a new year and then things start to fall apart because I can relate so similarly in that, you know, I, I've I've been doing probably the deepest healing work of my life in the last couple years and ramping up to this year. I, I've never been more clear on my goals and what I want to manifest and had the biggest probably goals, finally allowing myself to, to dream as big as possible. And I kid you not. And on top of that, I have all but given up alcohol altogether, which is another just physical shift in my in my mm. life, which a lot of my listeners relate to or have heard about. And boom, if the last like three weeks haven't been much like you were describing, everything blowing up in my life, like my animals are having struggles. You know, I had a great job that was put in front of me and then taken away. Like all of these things, it's like, it's like laughable because I'm just like, could one more thing go wrong? Yeah. 
Do you ever think that some of that is is the it, are those tests? Is that the universe going, oh, she's really close, but let's just make sure she's committed, you know, like because I know sometimes we say that we, you know, what are we doing that is attracting these things that are kind of falling apart? So I'm I'm kind of trying to dissect how to how to frame some of this so that I can continue to be hopeful and kind of reset and keep going. Yeah. I think it's there's so many different parts of this answer, but I think that on on the first point one of the, that you made about, you know, what am I doing to make these things happen? Like am I attracting this? I think it's a really common fear that we have, and I just don't think it's that deep. I think sometimes shit happens. Mm. Like it just <laughs> does and it does always seem to come at once. And this nothing we can do about it. Sometimes it just happens. That is life. And so I think the first thing is just this real sense of acceptance. Like, you know what? This is not a great time right now. And leaving it at that rather than by trying to be like, why is this happening? Because mm. that is so damaging because we just get ourselves stuck in this kind of like mental ache of like, why this is so unfair. And when you, we start saying that, that's when we're really starting to lower our vibration. Why yes. me? Why is mm. this happening to me? Mm. It's this real victim mentality, which look, once, it, you know, having a day of it, fine. Like you want to <laughs> indulge it, like mm -hmm. be, feel sorry for yourself, go for it. Like we all mm -hmm. need to, mm -hmm. but we can't let that continue because at the end of the day, everybody experiences times where things just seem to fall apart. Mm. On another hand, I do believe in tests. I do believe that when you're working towards something, the universe does send you tests to say how bad do you really want it or how much self-worth do you really have? So with the job, for example, I would say that ones like that are a really clear test. Okay. So if you have something on your vision board that you were going for and you almost got something close to it or something around like that seemed like it was it and it's gone, you have a choice now to allow it to totally derail you. You have a choice where you could allow it to make you rethink what was on your vision board. You might have a choice where you you could you could go, oh, you know what? I dreamt too big. Forget it. I'm just going to lower my expectations again. I shouldn't have I shouldn't have allowed myself. Or you have an opportunity to go. No, I know I deserve this. I'm going to keep going until I get it. There will be something better out there for me. And so I do believe in tests, but I think that no matter what whenever we go through periods like this, we are building this kind of incredible resilience, this incredible learning, um, this incredible period of growth and evolution within ourselves that we always come out of. Like you're not going to stay stuck in this place forever. Like everything changes. Life is always moving and going through highs and lows. Mm -hmm. You have the power, all of us have the power to decide how low this takes you but also how quickly you allow yourself to come out the other side. Yes. So I think that for me, you know, where something might have happened before and it would have sent me spiraling for months, my comeback is so quick now. Mm. You know, it's not, maybe it's days, maybe it's weeks, but it's so mm. much quicker because I know, have the tools to use. I know yes. how to talk about it. I know how to look after myself. I know how to regulate my nervous system. Mm. I know to just like, not attach so much meaning to everything that's happening mm. and to just let it be and know that better times are coming. So love that. I definitely think that there is always 
value and look back at times in your life when you've gone through testing periods have you not always had a period of reward on the other side yes 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 i'm leaning into that i'm leaning into that i think you're absolutely right and i'm thinking of you know people listening cuz i i subscribe to everything you're saying and I, I i speak this speak and i you know i'm doing the reading and 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 i've been through this kind of education and healing phase like i was telling you some people are kind of asleep at the wheel and very comfortable in their cynicism or very comfortable mm -hmm. in their pessimism or you know some of this seems completely outside of what they not only what they know but what they are even willing to explore or maybe they're just hurting you know a lot of people are hurting a lot of people are suffering a lot of people have been down for a while for all of the many reasons that you know life can throw at them so if if those people are listening and and somewhat resisting mm -hmm. what we're describing how might you encourage them to jump start or or leap away from that? Because nobody knows better than you. Like, how might they come out of that? I totally understand that. I think that there is a sense that whenever you see people talking about it, life being able to be good, you're like, not me. That couldn't be for me. And I think that what I'm really trying to express to everybody is that this is for everyone. Nobody is immune to like the power of manifestation. You know, we can all use it. And I think that when things have been so hard for so long and people become, you know, really quite cynical because they have just suffered so much pain, it's just about going, how about you just try? Because why not? What are your options here? Your options are either continue as you are, which is exhausting. Like everyone feeling like that right now, I am mm -hmm. sure, is exhausted. And at the end, all we all want is just to feel worthy, to feel loved, to feel like we deserve to be happy. And there is a way that every one of us can begin to feel like that. And it isn't that we need to take drastic changes. I think that that can feel terrifying. We, you know, you don't, and that's what I'm really trying to do in my work is showcase, you know, I think that you can find with self-development that somebody in self-development or in healing also is like doing yoga every day and meditating all day long and eating like so clean and juices. And then you have to be that extreme to be into it. You really don't, like you don't need to do all of those things for it to work. You can just make a couple of simple changes. You can just introduce a gratitude practice for two weeks, starting from today and just see how it feels. You can just pick up a book, hopefully mine, <laughs> and which is the easiest read and read it in two days and see if there's like one or two things mm. that just make a shift for you. Because that's all it is. That beginning, that change is only really needs to have, you only need to implement one thing mm. and then you see it work and then you feel motivated to do something else. Such good advice. So, so good. And, and I love how you talk about having courage and being brave when it comes to your visualization and naming what it is that you want to summon into your life. Now that you are a living example of how this works and you are living with a newly defined purpose, I'm curious what your life is like. How does it feel? 
It's it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's not that life is suddenly free of all stress and overwhelm. And, you know, I mentioned in the beginning, I was like, oh my God, I'm exhausted. Like I want a holiday. It's, it's not like that. that. Be careful not- what you wish for, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's not that it's not, doesn't have that, but my, my baseline is just so much more stable. I feel so grounded. I feel content. I get to experience joy. It's really nice to not hate myself. Mm. It's really nice to be able to walk into a room of people and just feel confident in who I am. Like I never, ever, ever take that for granted. Every time I walk into a room and I'm all, I'm just able to be authentically me and not leave the room thinking for an hour, oh my God, everyone hates me. What did I say wrong? What did I do wrong? I am so grateful that I don't have to live like that anymore. Mm. So yeah, I mean, it is amazing. And I, and I am constantly pinching myself that all these things are happening. And, but I think, you know, I do hope that I'm, I'm living proof of the seven steps, but not just me, you know, hundreds of thousands of, of other people, you know, are, are doing the same. And every time I get messages and DMs and we get emails, you know, of people telling us, they've changed their lives and just like yes you know I'm so happy for all of us on this journey Mm. it's it's like you're describing like you feel free it's like you're you're no longer chained to how that insecurity feels or that 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 low self-worth feels it's like you're kind of just free to be your unique spirit that you are and like what else could we all want in life I mean that is truly, truly beautiful. And I I love that you say, you know, with manifesting too, we can sit around and declare and define all of these things we want. But at the end of the day, we also need to ask ourselves the why, like, why Mm. do I want A, B, C, and D? I think that's such an important piece. So Mm. what, what has been your why? Like your, your, teaching others now, you've created this community, you're spreading the word about manifesting, but for you personally, having not seen your actual vision board, what was your why for what you wanted if you were able to share? I think that for me, I felt like I had, because of what I'd had experienced, I have a really innate I would say an instinctive desire to genuinely connect with and help others. I knew that so many people had felt the way that I had felt for years and it brings me true meaning and a feeling of purpose when I know that I can positively impact their life or at least get them started on that journey. And that is, I mean, I don't really know what could be more motivating than that, than to just be of service to others. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, all I wanted from the beginning was just to be able to spread this message to as many people as I could. And that's it. And I also think that with this kind of work, I am one of many, many speakers and many, many, so many, there are millions of healers in the world, you know, that we're all trying to do the same thing. And I want to reach as many people as I can that hear what I say and really connect with it. But people that don't connect with me, I hope find other healers that can, that they connect with, you know, because some people love the way that I 
put my message out there, others will really not vibe with me at all. They won't get it and they, they will need me connect better with someone else. But if I can just do whatever I can for the people that do, you know, uh, connect with what I'm saying and it does make a difference to them, then that's great. And and collectively we're all spreading awareness that there is a better way of living and that we all deserve that. Mm-hmm. And along that way and with that journey, you know, like, like we've said, it doesn't happen overnight. You know, it is a process. Healing is a process, you know, choosing differently daily is a, a process. As we start to morph and change as someone who's kind of been going through that metamorphosis myself, when you start to be acutely aware of energy and vibing high, like you talk about, and being on that high frequency versus that lower frequency, it can sometimes become a, a lonelier place in that not everybody who was on your journey before or in, you know, surrounding you in your world, some of those people start to kind of fall off or dissolve away or suddenly because you start to look through a different lens, you even see your own friends a little differently. And and that that can sometimes be part of the process. Have, have you noticed that at all? I mean, your life has changed so drastically. Have you noticed just even y- your your circle changing since so much has changed for you? Yes. I mean, definitely my friendships change. And I think there was an initial period where I, de- I did feel like lonelier, but I think I'd always felt lonely. So for me, it wasn't that different. Mm. Um, And I think that for me, I really believe that our time is and our energy are really valuable assets. So we have to use them wisely. Mm -hmm. And so we should be giving them to people who, you know, light us up and make us feel good. And, and, and with transformation, that that is going to be so much we need to let go of. Like letting go is an integral part of the whole manifesting process. And it's, it's impossible to change if we don't change the people around us, at least some of them, because there are going to be people in your life that want to keep you stuck where you were because they can't handle you changing. So it is just a part of it. But I have way more friends and I have much richer friendships because I am a better friend because I am happier and I'm able to offer myself in such a different way and be able to receive others differently. I'm able to hold space for them differently. I'm able to give more. I'm able to be more vulnerable with them and allow them to be more vulnerable with me. So my friendships have changed. There's initial period of loneliness and then actually much richer friendships and relationships on the other side. I'm curious about your own visualization or your own visions, vision boards. When you've started to actually see these things come true or come to fruition, which I know so many of them have for you, how often are you updating what it is you're manifesting? Yeah. So, I mean, I tend to do one a year. I mean, for anyone listening, I will say, I'll, I'll tell you a bit about my 2022 vision board because this is you know, I, I talk so much about manifesting as a self-development practice. I almost forget the part, which is like, by the way, you can put these like crazy dreams on your vision board and you can make them happen. <laughs> so I put on my 2022 vision board. Bear in mind, my book hadn't come out yet. Nobody had seen the book. I'd only had eight weeks to write it. I thought it was a piece of shit at that point because I thought I'd written it so fast. But I didn't allow that to influence what I put on my vision board. I was like, I'm still going to dream big. So I put the book as like a subheading and I put Sunday Times bestseller. 
multiple languages, American publishing deal. I even put American morning TV. And then I put um, takes my career to the next level. I put how many more employees I wanted, how much money I wanted the company to earn. I even put in the middle of the thing, of the vision board, just his name, Jay Shetty. Now, what are the fucking chances that I would go on Jay Shetty's podcast 10 months later, like one of the biggest podcasts in the world? I hadn't even like had a book out at that point. So these things I put on there really felt like beyond the realms of possibility at the time. But within 10 months, all of it had, had happened. So I tend to just do my vision board once once a year. But yeah, I don't really, you know, it is, it is a funny one because you do, when things do happen very quickly, you, it is, you feel this pressure to set new goals because we, like I said, we need that forward momentum. We need that reason to keep us motivated. But I think manifesting is also just about enjoying the life that you already have as well and living more freely day to day. And I think that, you know, it's very, with with any amount of success, you have to keep checking in with yourself. Like, why do I want it? Okay, like what what's come back to the purpose? Because it's very easy to get distracted with the glitz and like, oh my God, I'm getting to go on this TV show or this. And that those are all really fun and great things, but you have to always stay connected and grounded to the initial why and the initial mm. purpose. So mm. you, you don't want to just put more things that you want to manifest just because you can or for the sake of it, you want to be really considered with that. Yes. I know that you used to be very into yoga. Your yoga practice was important to you and you did the the big teacher training prior to the big bender that set this whole thing in motion. (laughs) What is your relationship with yoga today? You know, sadly, I have not practiced it in a while. I had a few operations last year. And so I had like a very big break from all exercise. And I think, you know, and you know, with yoga, when you don't do it for a long time, I mean, I naturally, I'm incredibly tight and stiff. (laughs) So I've just got back into Pilates in the last month and I'm feeling amazing for being back on the mat in some capacity. I think people... I don't know if people who don't practice don't don't practice yoga don't understand how much strength is required mm-hmm. and so actually as I'm kind of I'm doing it this way around I'm building my strength up and then coming going back to my yoga practice but meditation I do still every day brilliant that's incredible do you practice yoga you know I didn't for my entire adult life until about three or four years ago and and then when the pandemic hit I I went deep and now it's it's kind of my church. I do love oh. it, love it, love it, love it, love it. And it's such an, a nice accessory to everything else we're talking about. I mean, I think just moving for people, moving at all. I mean, whatever that is for everyone. I was just having a discussion with someone yesterday about literally walking out your front door and just walking. I mean, just these little it's just getting the movement because I think all of our energy can get stuck and then our then our minds get stuck. And it just just the flow, the fluidity, I think, is just so healthy for for all of us. So I, I that's just kind of my go to is either hot yoga or walking. <laughs> oh my God, there's nothing better than a good walk. Like no matter what's going on in life, if you just go for a nice long walk, you will feel better afterwards. <laughs> yes, because it takes you away. It takes you out. And 
And for me, it's always like, just look up. I mean, it's the beauty is all there. It's just sitting outside our homes. I don't, whether you're in the freezing cold or the sun or whatever it is, but there's just so much beauty in nature. So for sure, that's been a huge part of my healing process. And I've always encouraged everyone, like it's absolutely free to us all, which is huge, right? So it's a, it's a lovely, a lovely reset. I know I don't have you forever, but you know, part of the the journey and part of the steps. And I know in your follow-up book, Dive Deeper, the importance of really reflecting on any of our traumas and some of our wounded inner child and, and all of that is just just so interesting to me. But I thought it was interesting that you said that your, your birth name was not Roxy. Mm. And that part of escaping that that old you was changing your name. And mm. today we're hearing a lot for various reasons about people returning to their birth name, you know, because some of that is is racially motivated and people, you know, are like, I changed my name to make it easier for others and, and this kind of thing. But like for you, have you ever considered going back to your birth name or do you give that any thought? No, I haven't actually. I think that I'm such a Roxy and like it is who <laughs> I am. But my, my family all call me Roanne still. They always have. So yeah, I kind of, no, I think I just am Roxy now, but I like that my family still call me Roanne. But, you know, yeah, I definitely, I would say that it's it's interesting. It was only really in the last few years I really realized that that decision to change my name was such a rejection of myself and how deep that really went and how significant that was to make that decision at, you know, the age of 11, I wanted to be, a, be a, you know, set myself aside from who I really was and where I came from. Mm-hmm. And I think that now more and more people are, are understanding that there is, you know, a rejection. For me, it was definitely just because I was Iraqi, but there is such a rejection of ourselves because we feel so, there's such a need to fit in as a young child. Hmm. Hmm. Well, Roxy, you are killing it, girl. So I, I don't blame you for staying Roxy because whatever you are doing, this version of yourself, your best, most empowered self, your life that you are sharing with everyone, I, I, I understand. You know, and I, I'm actually feeling bad because it's like late there, and your poor son's sleeping, and you're staying no, up no, to do this okay. to touch people. But like, I, I also understand having been in the public eye the majority of my career, there is a certain responsibility or almost can sometimes feel like an obligation because you are, you're out and you're, you're on and you're sharing and, and that can be depleting. So I just, I, I'm, I'm grateful that you are still out here with us and you're touching so many people. And I know that the people listening, my, my listeners in particular, this is just so up their alleys. So continue all of the beautiful work you're doing and know that we're rooting for you and get the rest you need. That's the mother and me talking now. (laughs) Take care of yourself. And hopefully we'll, we'll meet one day when you're in Los Angeles or maybe I'll be in the UK. Who knows? But I would love to. And thank you so much. You are honestly, truly so beautiful inside and out. So thank you so, so much for having me. Everybody. Thank you so much for listening. And a reminder, you can catch a brand new episode of It Sure Is a Beautiful Day every Tuesday. Please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And of course, I'd love to hear from you. So leave me a rating and leave me a review. Also, follow us on social media for all the behind the scenes action and 
more info. That's at I am Kat Sadler on Instagram and at ABD with Kat. Talk to you next Tuesday. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.